0: reading from the book, You Can Be Happy Now, by Marilyn Carotters, page 110. Laughter Can Fade Some people know how to make us laugh. Movie directors use their skills to arouse our laughter. Writers and actors can create plots that produce nearly irresistible humor. But laughter can quickly fade, leaving the amused observers to slide back into empty, dull, unhappiness. The joy that God wants to shine in our hearts has a life expectancy of eternity. We may not always enjoy the same intense feelings, but joy is always there waiting to administer healing to the wounds we receive during our journey here on earth. Joy is like a secret ointment that heals our emotions. God offers us his remedy, a way to live in a sin-corrupted environment, yet not feel miserable. Sometimes we look for miraculous new solutions to problems rather than receive what God has already provided for us. An unhappy Christian may demand that specific problems be solved before he will be happy. If so, he is striving to reverse God's intended order. A happy faith in God needs to come first. Then, as our faith grows, it causes our joy to grow, and increased joy produces even more faith. Faith and joy work together to help us trust in God rather than insisting on his miracles. People sometimes approach Jesus with wrong, selfish motives. You and I may also come to him with selfish motives, and even when you do ask, you don't get it because your whole aim is wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. James 4, 3. And God has his own plan, and that plan is to prepare us for eternity. Spiritual joy is the very best remedy for any problem we will ever encounter. Spiritual joy is the very best remedy for any problem we will ever encounter. We can say God is in charge of his children, and I am his child. I receive every blessing he wants to give me, and I accept his decision as being perfect. Do this with the assurance that God is working for your good. God's score cards. There are many impossible things being done by ordinary people like you and me. This is our next letter. God has called us to achieve results that unbelievers consider impossible. Paul learned to delight in the most incredible things. In 2 Corinthians 12.10, he says, He delighted in weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, difficulties. He also discovered that less strength he had, the more he depended on God. That point of view is puzzling to some of us. I don't believe God is displeased if we fail to duplicate Paul's victories. But I believe that he is displeased if we refuse to even try to reach that goal. God paid too much high of a price when he permitted his son to suffer. Too high for us simply to shrug off shoulders and profess lack of understanding. God wants us to try to learn to be delighted in everything. He offers all that he is to help us. He accepts our mistakes, our failures, and our weaknesses but he does not accept our unwillingness to try. Remember the parable of the talents. One man hid his because he was afraid he couldn't use it properly. He tried to excuse himself, but the master had cast him into prison. The other men in the illustration were richly rewarded because they used the best of their ability what their master had given them. God has given you the potential to rejoice in him always. What a grand possibility. Some of us find it quite easy to rejoice most of the time. Other of us may find it difficult to rejoice even part of the time, regardless of how little fate we may have. If we decide to do nothing toward reaching God's goal for us, we may be in big trouble. Rejoice as much and as often as you are capable of doing. As you do, God will encourage your spirit and you will discover your ability to rejoice even more. It reminds me of how I used to stand in front of the mirror and say, force yourself to act enthusiastic and you will become enthusiastic. And then I would become enthusiastic, but it took about 10 minutes and it brought an incredible joy. All right, our next article or letter is called illogical. Illogical. If we expect God to work good for us in a logical manner, we may be disappointed because he often works in ways that seem illogical to us. God did not follow human logic when he chose an unmarried girl to be the mother of the Savior of the world. He could have waited until the eve of Mary's wedding before he caused her to become pregnant. That way she and Joseph and their families would have been spared a lifetime of embarrassment. Mary probably had to stretch her fate in order to believe that God would work good in her seemingly impossible situation. Take Noah. He could have said, God, if you want me to work on this ark, why don't you... Have me built in in a logical place some water, perhaps. Many of the people God uses in special ways could say, This isn't logical. God, why are you doing it this way? God's ways are as mysterious as the pathway of the wind. Ecclesiastes 11.5, The Living Bible. You and I can spend our time endlessly questioning God. Why this? Why that? Or we can look at every situation in our lives and joyfully expect God to work something good for us. He may or may not provide what we consider a logical solution. But we should believe that he is always interested in our welfare. James 1-2 doesn't seem all, at all logical, yet it is nevertheless a key to joy. James says, consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kind. Wow, consider it pure joy. Verse 3 is also not pleasant to our ears. The testing of your faith develops perseverance. Our human nature prefers to get things accomplished without any trials or uncertainty being involved. Remember when your teachers insisted that you Persevere in school and gradually you'll learn to read. God, too, wants us to persevere because he knows the indescribable joys he has planned for us. Amen. Our next article is called A Happy Revelation. The following information can solve a dilemma that you may have had since you first became a Christian. How to love God with all your heart, while also loving other people as much as you love yourself. Jesus considered these are two most important goals. If we love God and other people, we should be a blessing to them both. Has anyone ever told you how you could be a blessing to both by doing only one thing? Wouldn't it be great if you could be a blessing to God and other folks and at the same time enjoy it more? Than you have ever enjoyed anything? The secret is in learning how to receive the special joy that God wants to give us. Contrary to popular opinion, God wants His children to have an abundance of His joy. Our cheerful delight will help others find God's happiness as we tell them the source of our joy. When we were youngsters, if another child told us we were ugly or dumb, those thoughts could become embedded in our minds. We could decide that we were indeed unattractive or unintelligent. Those unhappy thoughts could stay with us all of our lives. For thoughts to be more effective, they must be frequently repeated in our minds. If we dwell upon a certain thought long enough, we will eventually accept it as a fact. If thinking what is not true about ourselves can have such a strong influence over us, think how much we could be changed if we frequently repeat thoughts about ourselves that are true. If we truly believe that Jesus is our Savior, the more we think of him as our Savior, the more real and powerful that thought becomes. Such inspired thoughts then have incredible power in us. We can learn to think other inspiring thoughts too. Thoughts that lifts us up into becoming increasingly happy and therefore more pleasing to God and more helpful to others. We have many opportunities each day to think thoughts that will help us to become increasingly happy people. I am so loved by God that He will cause everything I see, hear, know, remember, or encounter to bring increased happiness to my heart and to the hearts of all my loved ones. We should repeat these thoughts constantly until, by God's grace, they change us. As you persist in thinking happy, uplifting thoughts, you will soon be delighted at how powerful and effective God has made them. Now, listen to me. When you go to the restroom... In the mirror, always say to yourself, I am getting younger and younger every day in every way. Or you can say, I am a young man or I am a young woman. One or the other. And keep it up. Keep it up. If your subconscious mind fights you, then you have a problem with self-esteem. There's something locked in there. So now you have to start saying, I would recommend you start saying, I am good. I am fine. I am a happy young man. And keep saying those things over and over again till you reprogram your mind. Every time you come into the bathroom, there should be a little bell that rings on top of the door and you start your confession. I am good. I am fine. I am young and happy. I am a young man. I am good. I am fine. All the cells, all your bodies, you're prophesying. You're giving yourself a good bath, cleanliness, superiority, good feeling. And it's true. You're fine. (laughs) God says you're fine. God says you're complete. You're whole. You're made all. All is well. Nothing missing in Christ Jesus because of his love for you. The devil's a liar. Jesus is truth. The devil's a liar. Jesus is truth. You're a world overcomer because you're born of God. Greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. No weapon against you will prosper. and Whatever you do will prosper in the name of the Lord. My God supplies all your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Say that with me. Say, my God supplies all my needs according to his riches in glory in christ jesus amen and amen all right our next article is destroying happiness destroying happiness ecclesiastic 6 2 tells us that a man could have well job satisfaction and be honored by others but still be unhappy if we want to be happy it is important to understand that we must obey God. Jesus gave men one very clear injunction. He said, Anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Matthew 5.28 If we allow our minds to dwell on immortal thoughts, we stimulate ever-increasing desires that we attack the very core of our happiness. To emphasize this point, Write a list of the potential unhappy results of immorality. You might be surprised of how lengthy your list could be. Remember that immoral thoughts are actively sowing seeds of destruction in the heart. These seeds may take time to grow and mature, but they will eventually develop into destructive actions. James one fifteen, the Living Bible, gives us a clear warning. Evil thoughts lead to evil actions and afterwards to the death penalty from God. James addresses that admonition to his dear brothers. Christians can ignore what Jesus said and blissfully continue in moral thinking, wrongly assuming that such thoughts are beyond our control. But 2 Corinthians 10.5 assures that, that we can take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. For years I wrestled with what seemed to be an unbeatable enemy. When I had had an impure thought, I felt acutely guilty. Then I was determined to never again let my thoughts be disobedient to Christ. But at a moment when I least expected it, impure thoughts would flash through my mind. I was sure there had to be a way to defeat the devices of the enemy. So I kept telling God that I knew he could lead me into victory, and he taught me what to do. Now... When I see or think of an attractive woman or look at her picture, I concentrate on thinking the following. God designed her. He created her. She belongs to Him. By the time I meditated on these three truths, I'm delivered from having thoughts that would displease God. When our thoughts are obedient to Christ, His Spirit works wonderfully things in us. Instead of our disobedience preventing us from being Happy, our efforts to obey causes us to be happy. Consider this happy thought. God keeps us, God keeps him occupied with gladness of heart. Ecclesiastics 520. Ladies, please urge the men and boys in your life to read the above section. One of the ways that I control my thoughts, Fernando here, And my gambling and my, let's say, um, jealousy and anger is when I would burst out or mess things up, I would say, I thank God I did that. I get on my knees and I thank God I did that. I thank God I spilled venom out of my mouth. I thank God I had those lustful thoughts. I thank God I lost those $100 in the machine. And I kept at it. I can't. I kept inoculating God's word like thank you until it blew up the desire or the lust or whatever it was that was urging me to play the machines, to be out of control in anger or jealousy. All that dissipated, even the lustful, everything dissipated To, And I do it so long now that you can actually control your thoughts when you see a a beautiful woman. You say, thank God for God's creation. He certainly has blessed man and has made an incredible world of beauty and laughter and joy. You know, I just give God the credit and I just thank God for, you know, for everything, beautiful character. You see beauty in everything. And that brings to an end our small readings for this evening. God bless you. Give them heaven. Have a great day. 2024. Remember, the basis for a good life is gratitude. Gratitude with your anatomy first, all around you, then your bed, your shower, your food, the clothing, a good night's rest, and that we have a God that cares and loves us so much. He is wonderfully crazy about us. In Jesus' name, be restored. Amen and amen.